Well, hi, I'm Dr. Stephen V. I am ecstatic that you've joined me today. This is the Take Care and Live podcast, and you're listening to this Tuesday's Take. Well, welcome back. Today, we're going to dig in into something that's been on my mind uh, a little bit uh, this week, pretty heavy, um, wondering how it's impacting you. Um, And that's essentially as it relates to how we're pacing ourselves. How are you pacing yourself? How are you handling uh, the items on your plate? How are you deciding what's most important? What needs your immediate attention? What needs your pause and reflection? Does everything in your life require the same pace? I'm going to argue the point that it doesn't. And as we return to a new normal, a lot has laxed in terms of some of the pandemic expectations, uh, the pandemic driven expectations for how to live. Um, there can be a tendency to continue to move forward and embrace business as usual, embrace what we knew before the pandemic as a way of living life and doing life in the world that we'll lose some of the, the sacred benefits that the pandemic taught us. You know, when we first went on shutdown, everybody had no other choice but to pause We had to be more mindful of our pace. We had to recognize that, quite frankly, there were were not a lot of places to run to other than the safety of your own home. And even then, there were no guarantees. Quite frankly, there still aren't any guarantees, which makes keeping your pace and being mindful of your pace all the more important. You know, so while things may be getting busy or gaining traction in various fronts in your life, and I believe that they are, you will need to resist the temptation to rush into things in an attempt just to keep up. There's likely going to be more coming your way. There are going to be things you didn't expect. Good things and some things that you did not or would not prefer, but I I actually sense that for you, if you're listening, you may very well be approaching a variety of good things coming your way that are making unusual demands or or would expect you to exert energy in ways you have not in quite a while or before. And so you have to be mindful that that temptation to just go full speed ahead will be steadily looking to dictate to you how you should uh, carry yourself in those circumstances. There will likely be more coming your way and you'll need to be cognitively aware of how you are managing yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally. You'll need to make room in your life to create a rhythm that doesn't necessarily fracture your mental or your physical health. 
right? Some things in life require a walk. Some things you just need to walk into. They don't need you running in as if the house is on fire and everyone requires your immediate attention. And sure, there will be other things that require a bit of a jog. Deadlines are sooner than you expected. The need and its impact on other people may be more high stakes than others. And then there are things that will require a sprint where you'll need to act quickly. You'll need to respond swiftly and that you'll need to um, do less um, marinating over rather than taking action. But understand that that's a dynamic, that there, there, there is a continuum to that. Sometimes we get caught up in one rhythm and we think every other aspect of our life requires that same kind of cadence to navigate. All priorities assigned to you do not and should not be engaged with the same speed and velocity, right? Not everything in your life, not everything in your life needs you or requires you to charge into it with the same force or focus or fortitude, right? You have to develop in yourself the capacity to adjust your rhythm based on what the need is in the moment and in the long term. That means paying attention to the conditions under which you need to take action. So if I'm paying attention to driving my children to school and I want to get them there safely, I'm tending to the road with a different set of eyes as opposed to just wanting to get them there on time. Your intention, how you care for how you engage in that moment helps you set the pace that's most required. To run your race well, to run your race well, the things that are on your plate, the the items that you are to care for, the growing bank of responsibilities that might be coming your way, they will require you to determine which leg of the race needs what amount of speed. You know, runners who participate in long distance runs, who are looking to last for the long haul, they don't begin with a sprint. Instead, Instead, what they do, based on their personal goal, that runner, she sets herself up and aims for a cadence that helps her make good time and maintain the stamina to finish. And I worry that if we take on business as usual, as it was before the pandemic, as things begin to, quote, pick up again, that will fail to remember that this is a marathon. You're not in a sprint. But there will be different legs of your journey that require different paces. Your objective, regardless of the length of the race, regardless of the depth of the challenge that you're given, regardless of the, um, the breadth of the responsibility, You want to run with endurance. 
and to run with endurance, you're going to need to take into account all of the elements that contribute to you thriving and those that can contribute to you stumbling as you're moving forward. And so there's some few questions you can ask yourself in that process. One of the questions you should ask yourself is, where do I anticipate experiencing the most cooperation with those internal forces, my mind, my will, my emotions, as I'm focusing on this particular task, as I'm handling this particular challenge? Where do I anticipate experiencing the most cooperation internally from within? And where am I anticipating experiencing the most support and cooperation from external forces, resources, people, environmental conditions? And equally as important would be, where do you anticipate facing the most resistance? Right? How do you plan to tackle or manage it when you hit that point in your journey, in your run, in your process. For each task on your plate, for each opportunity um, that appears to be heading your way and heading in your direction, no matter how simple or easy to handle or how complex or demanding it may look, both types a very simple analysis or assessment or reflection will benefit you as you're moving ahead. There's no need for any of us to run like someone who is moving aimlessly or someone who's boxing, beating the air, just because we're trying to keep a pace based on the number of responsibilities we have rather than what each responsibility requires of us. Those are two different things. We've got to discern that simply because I get more on my plate doesn't mean everything on my plate requires this same level of demand. And as a result, we can be a lot more reflective and sensitive to those things and sensitive to how we respond and be more caring for ourselves because we recognize everything doesn't require us to move at the speed of light. There are items that are due. There are people that you need to talk to. There are follow-ups that you need to have. There are appointments you need to keep. But all of them don't have the same weight. Neither do they all require the same response time or do at the same time. Your actions require some thoughtful and intentional reflection, not just your finger on the trigger. As your responsibilities increase and as the demands for your time increase, so must your willingness to pause.
because we're human. We're not capable of addressing every single issue with the same level of force and focus. Not everything that comes our way requires the same amount of attention, the same depth of attention. Doesn't mean it doesn't matter, but it does mean we need to be cognizant of how we're addressing it. When your anxiety increases as a result of getting more responsibility or seeing more come onto your plate, no matter how good it is, when your anxiety level increases, that's usually an indication that something else is at work. Typically, it's the result of the self-imposed expectations you put on yourself to get it all done right, like you did everything else in the past, or putting this particular task on the same level as all the other tasks on your list, right? We know making a bed is not as important as driving safely. You wouldn't rate them as both requiring the same level of energy, would you? No, both of them are important tasks to do, but neither of them weigh the same. And they all need to get done at some point during the day. If you're a driver, I hope you're concerned about driving safely. And if you sleep in your bed, I do hope you make up your bed. But neither one of them carry the same weight. But in your mind, the anxiety builds when you feel like, oh, I left that undone, making the bed, which is significantly less important than making sure you're driving safely. Right? So I gave these extreme examples because we need to apply that to some of the more um, technical aspects of our life. Rather than allow everything to experience the same kind of self-imposed energy or requirement to be served in the same way with the same amount of internal will, emotions, or thinking, we need to pull back and recognize that some things need to have more measured responses than others because they're just not as important as something else. Not saying they're not important, but not as important. And it's you and I that in pulling back, do the work of assessing what value it needs to be assigned based on the list of other things and the the breadth or depth of other things that are part of our list of things to do or be a part of or facilitate or even bring into reality. I'm going to give you or extract for you, help you extract a a principle for navigating your pace, for measuring your pace. Did you know that worry is actually a sabotager of a healthy pace? When you worry about something, you compromise the quality of your pace because your emotions, your mind is wrapped up in the task itself using a self-imposed expectation for how you're going to carry it out. And so that produces the anxiety, which creates the worry, which sabotages your thinking and your perspective that you should hold about the pace and the cadence and the rhythm of action that you should be taking to address that matter. That is why that passage in the Bible, Philippians 4, 6 is so important, right? Because 
It starts off with saying, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, make your request known to God. What is that don't worry actually indicating? That don't worry is indicating to stop, to pause, to pause your pace. And then what? Then the next step is to through prayer and supplication, through prayer or petition, right? Through reflecting. Prayer is an act of reflecting. Petition is is the asking. So you're pausing and you're reflecting. So in challenging times, as things get larger on your plate, as demands become wider, as opportunities expand themselves, rather than jumping into them with the same cadence you've handled everything else, you're actually called on to pause, stop, pause, don't worry, then reflect, pray, ask, those are steps that we immediately get in that verse. The God challenges our cadence. He challenges our pace in life by having us to stop and pause and ask. Well, what are you asking for? Direction. You're asking for insight. You're asking for some understanding on what is the next best course of action for this new opportunity. For this new challenge, this unexpected quagmire, right? This relentless challenge, right? That we can't seem to get from under. Keeping the same cadence for that new opportunity or for this persistent challenge is not the answer. Instead, you have to mind your pace by stopping and pausing. You have to mind your pace by minding how you think about it, by minding your worry. When we are challenged by the statement to not worry, it's not a challenge to stop thinking. On the contrary, it's a challenge to pause your current way of thinking and assess its value. Am how I thinking spurring me on to the right actions to tackle this problem in the right way, to engage in this new project with the correct set of tools, with the right kind of momentum, with the appropriate level of energy that matches what the task or project or even that relationship needs and requires as opposed to what I'm used to giving. The pause to check ourselves on questions like these help us with our pace. The challenge to not worry, to stop and to pause reminds us that we are not the all-knowing ones. We are not the absolute authority on anything, right? We need to pull back and assess the situation. And obsessing is not assessing. Don't, don't try to confuse the two. Obsessing is not assessing. The obsession, the obsessing creates the worry. 
oh, how am I going to get this all done? Or, oh, who is going to see this? Oh, I don't know how I'm going to fit this time in. That's the obsessing. Instead, ask yourself more structured questions. Go back to the questions I presented before. Where do you anticipate experiencing the most cooperation with your internal forces? Internally, your mind, your will, your emotions. Where do you anticipate receiving the most cooperation from external forces? Other people. Are there other people you need to ask for assistance? Are there other resources that need to come to the table? Right? Then you can ask yourself, where do you anticipate some resistance? Right? Jumping to the resistance question before the asset-based question of where you're anticipating the most cooperation helps to facilitate the worry. It helps to promote you to move at a pace that doesn't honor exactly what that particular new initiative or demand needs or may require. So I'm going to end with this because I'm getting the sense I need to um, say less so you can just experience more on your own in readjusting and reorienting your pace. I'm going to read this from Matthew 6.34. It says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to read it from a different version. Maybe you'll get it this way. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Pacing yourself is an act of humility. It's not a mindless surrender. It's not a resistance to accountability or responsibility. Instead, instead, it's an invitation for us to do things differently. To take a posture where we're taking the pulse of the environment, taking a pulse of the need, taking a, a, a reassessing what it will take to manage this task. Not based on how we handled other tasks. To discern how we need to engage this relationship, not how we engaged other relationships. The call to not worry is a call to pause. It's a cause to reassess your pace. It's a call for us to reassess our pace, to reflect on the specific demands that are unique to that opportunity. And when we do that, we find ourselves less consumed with getting things done all in the same way, with the same amount of energy, the same velocity, the same temperament, and recognizing that each new task, each new responsibility, each current responsibility that we have in our hand does not require us to respond to them in the same way. And you want to do that work. You want to do that kind of reflection. Because if you don't, you'll sabotage the new horizons. 
you'll sabotage the new opportunities. You'll even likely continue to sabotage what's in front of you, not getting the most out of it because you're determined on tackling everything with the same lens and you shouldn't do it. Your life is worth more than that. And so are the things that are being entrusted to you. So are the people that are being entrusted to you. So pace yourself and do this one thing and do it well. And that's take care and live. Thank you for joining this episode of the Take Care and Live podcast. I'm excited you spent the time with me today. And I'm going to ask you to do me this favor. Write us a review. Let us know just how much you enjoyed the show. And if you enjoyed the show so much that you think it's worth sharing with a friend, go ahead and do that too. We would love to hear just how much this show has impacted you and the friends you shared it with. And remember to do this one thing and do it well. And that's to take care and live.